she said, you shouldn't feel bad making money off of this because you're putting your time, your effort, your heart into it. And so you should feel comfortable taking money for it and making it kind of a side gig that is financially in your favor. Welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Dr. Jen Barna, and today's episode is going to be a really interesting one for those of us in the medical field who have thought about social media and are on the fence about whether to put ourselves out there and all the pros and cons of doing that. Today, we have a fantastic guest who I know you're going to love. Dr. Beach Gem goes by Beach Gem 10, that's B-E-A-C-H-G-E-M, the number 10, on TikTok, and Gem 10 on Instagram. Dr. Beach Gem is a pediatrician, mom of four. She has 605,000 approximately followers on TikTok at this point, 11.5 million likes on TikTok. And so... I'm thrilled to have you here, Dr. Beach Jim. Another thing that's really interesting about you is that you don't reveal your actual name. And I think that's something I'd love to talk with you about as well. We're not going to be revealing your actual name here on the podcast either. Welcome to Doc Working the Whole Physician Podcast. Thank you for having me. This is a really cool opportunity. I found you on TikTok. And the thing that I love about what you're doing is that your videos are just so authentic. You know, you're just talking about something really useful as a pediatrician, you're putting useful factual information out and yet you're, you know, folding laundry or holding a baby or you're like in your real environment and it's just so authentic. I love it. I'm interested in hearing about your journey as a pediatrician, as a mom, and then how you got into social media and what happened after that. Yeah, it's a funny story because I am such an introvert. Public speaking, like if I'm doing a Zoom, I get so nervous, even if it's like three students, you know, like residents, I'm so nervous. But somehow I can have a conversation with 2000 people on a live TikTok and it doesn't bother me at all. I actually got onto TikTok in the pandemic just because I was bored. And even Beach Jam 10 is my AIM screen name from, you know, 20 years ago. I didn't think it was going to be like my social profile. I had no intention of being a creator. I just got on to have some fun. And then I saw people doing creative things and started to see the misinformation that was being spread early in the pandemic. You know, we're talking June, 2020. And I was like, I can talk about that. I need to correct this. I need to get some of this information out there. And for the first couple of months, I got a couple of likes, a couple of views, and probably November, 2020 is when it really started to take off. I posted a couple of videos and very quickly went from around 10,000 followers to close to hundred thousand followers, like literally almost overnight. And started to get more and more questions and people trusted me because, you know, I was sitting in front of a sandbox while my kids were playing and they love participating in the videos and just having four kids crawling all over me all the time. It was just kind of a easy way to make content. And so it's just kind of grown slowly since then. I've added on the Instagram. I try to make some sort of content every day. The way that the TikTok algorithm works is if you post every day, they will keep sending you views. So it's one thing that's important making content is to be consistent. And so it's hard being a mom of four, working full time. I do some disaster preparedness on the side. I also have another side gig that I'm starting up as a deployable physician in the case of a disaster. So the only time that I have to make content is when I'm doing something else, when I'm cooking, when I'm cleaning, when I'm doing laundry, and it just fits in pretty easily to that lifestyle. So 
first of all, how are you fitting this in? I mean, how in the world are you managing everything you're managing? You know, there are days that I can make like three or four videos and then I can post while I work three overnight shifts or something like that. A lot of my car videos are, I have a spot that I pull over on my way to work and I've got five extra minutes before the shift starts and I can make a quick video. And it really only takes me maybe five to 10 minutes to edit it, to get ready to post. And usually about 10 minutes to make the video itself. I can pretty much make a content in less than 30 minutes. And again, I try to do it every day. And sometimes it's silly or stupid or just a reply video. And then sometimes I actually put more effort into it and do a little bit of research or it's related to a paper that came out or something like that. So there's definitely content I put more effort into, but the content that tends to be a little more sassy and kind of off the bat, just that tends to get more views because people tend to like the sass. Yeah. I think people identify with the honesty and vulnerability. I think that does come across as very authentic and that's something that people are looking for. So do you lie awake at night thinking of all of the different things you're going to talk about? Or are you just thinking on the way to the spot where you park? How do you plan for what you're going to do day to day if you're putting out that much content? I have such terrible ADHD that a lot of times it's on the fly. I'm like, oh crap, I've got three minutes to make a video. Uh, What am I going to do? In TikTok, you have a draft folder, things that aren't published yet that are just videos that are unfinished. And I probably have 200 something videos in draft. And most of them are just like a placeholder video to reply to a comment, or I'll have an idea at a random time and I don't have time to make a video. So I'll just leave it. Some of them are videos that are going to take some time, like videos when I got my booster. So it's going to take three or four days to make a video about that because it's time. So I have something going kind of all the time now, and that's taken work and effort and it does take thinking about it, but I don't necessarily stay up late at night. I get a lot of comments and DMs, private messages saying like, hey, I have this question. I'd really love for you to talk about this. So the more content I've put out, the more ideas people have brought to me for new content, things that people just want brought down to a level that's understandable. And that is one thing that I've been told about my content that I'm not doing necessarily purposely is that I'm taking some of the information that's a little bit more higher level and bringing it down to a level that lay people can understand, digest, and be able to potentially reiterate to family members or anyone that has questions. Yeah, that's terrific. And that's so helpful, I think, to your viewers. And how do you balance the mom physician side of things? We've had some episodes recently where we've talked about women and how in a lot of relationships, Traditionally, we're taking on more of the emotional and planning side and all of the time that it takes to do the interaction with extended family and the planning of the kids' activities. And even when you have a good situation where you have partners who are trying to balance that, that often one partner will take on a larger part of that. And I'm curious how that has worked out for you and how you've found a way to integrate it all. Being an ER physician, and we had kids very young. I'm married. I have a husband. Our first child was born when I was in medical school, second in residency, third in fellowship, fourth as an attending. He has basically learned how to be a single dad. And so it sounds weird to say like my house functions without me present very well. If I work a bunch of night shifts, he's able to take care of everything and it's not a big deal. So I'd say he almost takes on the burden of a lot of those things, which makes it easier for me to have a side gig. So I think that we are as a couple, well-balanced in that respect. We also have a nanny who comes a couple days a week that is able to help with the kids and she bakes and she helps organize and clean, which is just a huge stressor off kind of the both of us. And it gives us each time to, my husband can do his work. I can go run some errands or go shop. So I think we have a really good support system in place 
that allows me to have, you know, an extra 30 minutes a day that I can go take care of what I need to. And I honestly feel like TikTok and being on social media has been a coping mechanism for me getting through the pandemic and dealing with the stuff that you see as a pediatric ER doctor. So being able to have a couple minutes to cope and do my mental health stuff a day is not quite, but it's almost a priority in the day. Like, Hey, I'm going to go make a video. And my husband's like, cool, you go do you, I'll take care of all this. No big deal. Which is super helpful. Absolutely. And I do think you bring up a great point, which is that as women begin to identify and narrow these gaps and men take on more, they are finding that they also need time for wellness and they want to be part of their family lives and they want to balance work. And I feel like in the medical arena that we need to sort of shift the way things have been done traditionally to accommodate both men and women who are acknowledging that they want to participate in their lives outside of medicine, as well as fully participate as physicians. So it sounds like you guys are terrific role models for that. And you mentioned something else that I thought was really interesting when we first started speaking, which was that you consider yourself an introvert and I consider myself an introvert too. And I'm fascinated (laughs) how many physicians have told me that about themselves. Like I just thought that about myself. I didn't realize so many colleagues felt that way until I started doing this and talking with physicians all over the country. So many people tell me that they feel that they're an introvert. And I think it's really interesting that you found social media to be an outlet. You hear actors say that often too, like, oh, I'm an introvert, but you would never guess that by seeing the roles that they play. And I wonder if you see that analogy in terms of your role in social media versus your private life. I would actually say like from TikTok, I have no idea where that comes from. It just works the way that it works. But I will say I'm definitely an introvert, but when I'm at work, my colleagues will say, you're not an introvert. It is kind of like playing a role. I feel like when I step into the hospital, I'm stepping into my role as a physician. And as such, I need to be more extroverted to do what I have to do to be able to advocate for my patients, to be able to control the room, you know, during a code or resuscitation. So maybe I had practice not being an introvert through work and that's worked through TikTok and social media. I honestly have no idea though. It's such a weird kind of phenomenon for me to be able to communicate in this way with certain people like on TikTok and social media. Well, and I do think that physicians all are leaders. I suppose there is a specific type of leader, which might be an introvert outside of when they're in their leadership role. And I think that's interesting that you point that out because that's an excellent, excellent point. We all have to step into a leadership role when we're at work. And I'm wondering about your social media presence from a side gig perspective. A lot of physicians are interested in building their financial stability, paying off debt, and they're looking at potential part-time side gigs that they can do to help bring in some extra income. And I'm wondering if bringing in extra income is part of this or not. Is that a reality in relation to building a social media audience? It is something that I'm going to be working towards. TikTok is the absolute worst when it comes to financially incentivizing videos and stuff like that. It's literally like pennies for 10,000 views. So I am in the creator fund for TikTok. I'm not monetizing Instagram or Facebook or YouTube at this point, but that is something that I would consider working towards. YouTube is actually the best when it comes to being a financial support mechanism for making your videos. And I will say I had a talk with one of my friends named Stephanie, as I was getting into this, it was a year ago, December. And she said, you shouldn't feel bad making money off of this because you're putting your time, your effort, your heart into it. And so you should feel comfortable taking money for it and making it kind of a side gig that is financially in your favor. 
you know, for the first year, I was just kind of like letting it go. But now it's something that I'm going to be working towards more as a side gig to develop more options. And as that, I will have to branch out and get onto YouTube and get onto other platforms to get myself out there more. Because with just TikTok, it's literally nothing. It doesn't do much. It's 75 cents a day or something along those lines, which is fine. Again, I'm doing it for fun, but moving more toward a side gig, I will have to do some expanding and stuff like that. But I do think it is a possibility in the future to kind of grow in that direction. That's really interesting. I think similarly, people think perhaps that podcasting would be a way to have a monetized side gig. And I can say for most people in and of itself, it's not, (laughs) it's fun. And it's a wonderful way to meet really interesting people. But as far as if you want to put your time into something that's going to pay at the end of the month, it's probably not podcasting and sounds like maybe not social media, although it depends on what purpose you have behind it. And if you're trying to do it to grow your presence as a physician for your own practice, then that may be something that would be helpful in marketing, I suppose. Yeah. As an ER doctor, it doesn't matter at all for me because my patients come in as they need to and growing my practice doesn't really work in that regard. I do also have a Patreon, which is another financial opportunity if you have something to offer people on more of a one-to-one or group basis. And so I do kind of Zoom sessions twice a month with Patreons. And instead of when I get onto TikTok, it's between 500 and 5,000 people that I'm talking to on a live session. Whereas if I do a Patreon, there's 20 people and they're able to communicate with me more kind of on a one-on-one basis or a 20-on-one basis, but they're able to ask questions, we're able to communicate. And so I have found other ways to monetize in that regard, which is helpful. And again, it's something to grow into, but I'm definitely not there yet. When you have the smaller Patreon groups, what are some of the topics that you discuss? I'll be honest. A lot of times it's like the exact same content that I'm making on TikTok. So, you know, Hey, I just had COVID. When can I get my booster? There are some people that say, you know, I've had these medical problems, you know, Do you have recommendations on which ways to go to get it further evaluated and stuff like that? And of course, I start the session by saying, I'm a doctor, but not your doctor. I can't give you any medical advice, but we can talk generally about things. So it's just kind of general conversation. There's nothing too crazy, you know, asking about, you know, would something be normal as a symptom of long COVID or something like that? It's been a year now that I've been doing that. And so I'm getting to know these people individually too, which is a really cool opportunity because they're awesome people and they're from different states all over the country, different backgrounds. And it's just been a really neat opportunity to get to know people like that too. What a fantastic idea and very creative approach to reaching people and also building a community. Yeah. I love what you're doing and I really look forward to following you further and staying in touch and collaborating. And Dr. Beach Gem 10, Please tell us how people can find you if they're interested in learning more or maybe joining your groups. I'm on TikTok as BeachGem10. I'm on Instagram as Dr. BeachGem10. Same thing on Facebook, Dr. BeachGem10, and YouTube, Dr. BeachGem10. And my Patreon can be found linked through my TikTok or my Amazon profile. Terrific. Thank you so much for joining me today on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Thank you so much. This was really awesome. I'm Amanda Taran, producer of Doc Working, the Whole Physician podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and head over to docworking.com to see all we have to offer.